heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. This is episode two. I'm Kenny. If you guys checked out the first episode, I really appreciate you coming back. Uh, thanks for that. And we're going to get into lots of stuff in this show. Um, naming the episodes, one, two, three, four, five, whatever. Hopefully one day I'll have enough episodes that I lose count. That would be great. And everybody's involvement would be awesome and I would appreciate it. So if you like it, hit like, subscribe, and let's build this community together. So like I was saying in the first episode, I am a first responder. I'm a New York City fireman, retired New York City fireman. I have about 30 years of experience as a first responder with military, law enforcement, and the fire department. I want to gear this podcast towards my issues with mental health, my experiences with mental health, how I dealt with them, how I got through them, and hopefully my stories will help somebody out there who's struggling, who's hurting. Maybe it'll inspire them. Maybe it'll make them laugh. Maybe it'll make them cry. Maybe we can help each other. Maybe something that I say will resonate with somebody out there who is struggling, has struggled, has experienced with it, knows somebody who's struggling with mental health and issues of depression, sadness, anger, anxiety, all of the above. I am neither a therapist, a psychologist, a grief counselor, a fucking influencer. I'm none of those. I'm just a regular guy with experience, with mental health, and a first responder, and had to deal with many stresses of the job, and anybody who's done that will understand and will know that what we've all gone through, and maybe we can help each other. But you don't have to be a first responder to have gone through some sort of crazy shit in your life that you're struggling with. Some, some incident or some upbringing that you've been dealing with and you don't like to talk about it. Let's get rid of that stigma that you don't have to talk about it. Let's get rid of the stigma that you're weak if you open up to people. Let's get rid of the stigma that you're a pussy, that you have mental health issues, that you have possibly post-traumatic stress disorder, that you're depressed, that you're stressed out. Let's get rid of that stigma and open up to people and be transparent and be honest. If I can be transparent and honest and admit what I admitted in the first episode, then I think that anybody out there can admit to feeling 
sad or feeling depressed or having some sort of issues, all I'm saying to you is right now, you can open up, reach out to a friend, reach out to somebody with experience, reach out to a therapist, talk to a therapist if that's how you feel. As I said before, my therapy was the kitchen table with the guys, with the brothers. Having a tribe, talking to the people in your tribe, your friends, your family, people you work with, open up to them. They might know that you're, they might know your experiences. They might be able to help, maybe give you some advice or just talking and letting it all out there and getting it off your chest always made me feel better. Maybe it'll make you feel better too. Like I said, reach out. Tomorrow is a new day. Today is a new day. Get up tomorrow and reach out and start over. I'm trying to get these episodes in some sort of chronological order for the first few episodes to just get us to a place of where I am now. So I'm going to give you a quick background again. I joined the Navy. 17, 1991 or 1995. I didn't do anything special in the Navy. I was in Norfolk, Virginia. I was a home maintenance technician in HT, third class welder, was on a floating dry dock for three years, lived in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach area. Nothing special. Got out of the Navy, got on the United States Park Police, did my time a couple months in Washington, D.C and moved up to the New York field office. Did about six years there. After 9-11, post 9-11, the air marshal service opened up, the federal air marshals. So now I get on the federal air marshals for about a year and a half, a little less, but the whole time I'm waiting for the fire department. September of 03, two years after 9-11, eh, four and a half years after I took the test in 99, I get hired. For the fire department did 18 and a half years on the fire department bought back three years of my military time was able to retire healthy happy at 21 and a half years that's where i am today almost two years ago i retired when i left the fire department didn't have it was great but i was missing a purpose and i didn't know what to do Lost my tribe, lost my guys at the kitchen table, lost my brothers. Yeah, I could text them. Yeah, I go to an event here, here and there and see them. But I really kind of felt lost, again, not having that daily, what am I trying to say? That daily fucking talk, that daily breaking balls at the kitchen table, talking to the guys, having fun, discussing all kinds of shit. So I decided to start this podcast with hopes to make myself feel better, talk about things, maybe make others feel better. Where are we? Let's see. All right. So we're going to get into, before I get out to the fire department stuff, I'm going to get into some stuff while I was still in the park police. And if you watched episode one, you know that what happened to me in the academy is kind of where I'm at right now in the story of this podcast, of where we are. In the New York field office, training, becoming a cop, wearing the uniform, dealing with 
post-traumatic stress from this accident that I was in, the mental health issues, the physical issues from that incident have affected me greatly. Trying to deal with that, trying to recover. Things are starting to change a little bit. I'm growing, I'm getting more mature, kind of coming out of it. Meet a girl, fall in love, down the road, things are looking good, things are happening, break up with that girl. And that was, um, I was a mess because of that. It was horrible for me. The back and forth, trying to get back together, thought it was the end of the world. You know, I didn't think I'd get any better than I had. I didn't think I'd be, could get any better than what she was. I had no confidence. I was a complete puddle. I was a mess. It was a disaster. It was really pretty embarrassing to talk about because guys tried to, my friends tried to talk me down, tried to steer me in the right direction, stay away from her, all this shit, and I just wasn't having it. I, anybody who's been through a breakup and had their heart broken, you know what I'm talking about. It was, it was a mess for a, a pretty long time. That wasn't good for my mental health and stress and my confidence. Then, then, my father passes away. I'm about 27 years old at this time, going through this breakup, tried to get over this incident that I had in the academy. Can't really get a grasp, a hold of things, just kind of going through life. And then my father dies. Like, fucking, the, the hits just keep on coming, right? That was hard for me as well, dealing with the death of my father. But shit happens, right? People get old, people get sick, people die. It's part of life. I had to deal with it. It sucked. You know, suppressed those feelings as well. Didn't talk to anybody. Bad move. Didn't open up. Bad move. You gotta, you gotta let this shit out. You gotta talk to people. It's the only thing that, for me, makes me feel better, talking to people. So that happens. Then, a few months after my father dies, 9-11 happens. And we all know what the fuck happened there. It was an extremely tough time for this country, an extremely tough time for everybody involved. The day 9-11 happened, we were recalled, of course, and I get sent down to Federal Hall, which is a couple blocks away from 9-11. I wasn't there when the buildings came down. I got down there that evening. There are no stories of heroics that day or, or anything like that from me. What I did was we were supposed to stand post at Federal Hall, which is National Park Service property, in Lower Manhattan, a couple blocks away from the World Trade Center. But I got down there and I was like, fuck Federal Hall. I'm not fucking standing here. I'm going to, I'm going to the pile. So I went right over there and stood on a bucket brigade, just passed the bucket back and forth. Wasn't digging or, or, or anything like that. The fire department was doing that. The cops were doing that. I just passed the bucket back and forth. And I did that eight more times on the pile. Went down there 10 times, 
or couldn't get on the pile twice because they of uh, this and that they started kicking everybody off who wasn't a city employee a fire department nypd or port authority or certain construction workers they were they were putting up a fence around the site and anybody who was an outside agency was was not allowed to get on that pile and i kind of i kind of had enough anyway standing on that pile passing buckets just trying to be there lend a hand and help as much as i could that was completely overwhelming the feeling down there and standing on basically a, a mass grave it was horrible that fucked with me and everybody to be honest with you, royally. Having to deal with that mentally, you know, the whole world was, well, the whole country was reeling. So that goes on, that happens. Still working for the park police. And then the Federal Air Marshal Service opens up because they still felt threats from terrorists flying planes into more buildings and using them as bombs. So, I get onto the federal air marshals. I did that for about a year and a half. I felt good. I had purpose. I was coming out of my depression, coming out of my mental health issues. I had a daily program that I was doing. I was on point. And I want to get into a daily program in fitness and nutrition a little further down the road and how that, how I deal with, or how, how I've dealt with mental health through fitness and through a daily program and daily disciplines and stripping away negative vices in your life. It's hugely important for mental health. Doing, having a daily process, getting in the gym, eating right, is tremendous for mental health. And it's, some, that's something you need. There's plenty of, of information out there for you, but we'll get into that into, in another episode. So I'm on the air marshal service. Things are going great. I don't feel the heartbreak is over. I'm over that finally. And my confidence is probably the best it's ever been up until that point of my life. I'm not, you're never completely over an incident or a trauma that like I've been through with the car accident and my buddy being killed and then a breakup, and then 9-11, and then death of your father. But I've learned to suppress all that stuff. I've learned, I've gotten over it, or I've gotten through it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Feeling great. I meet a girl who ends up turning out to be my wife, and we're still together. Have just, life is good. Life is real good. Finally, finally, I get the call for the fire department. Felt like it took forever. And that's a fucking story where the process of getting hired for the fire department was, was, a, was a mess. It was a mess. I, I was in the military. I have federal law enforcement experience. And those background checks and those... Those processes were way easier than getting on the fire department. The fucking stupid ass investigator fucked things up. My blood work was, was fucked up. I should have been in the 
class before. I felt like I should have been hired before, but who knows? Maybe getting hired before, things would have been different. So everything happens for a reason. I got in the class that I got in for a reason. At that time, that's what was supposed to happen. So here I am, getting ready to get on the fire department. Got sworn in two years after 9-11. So now I'm in Proby School. My dream has come true. I have become a New York City fireman. It's the greatest feeling, but I am completely nervous. The process getting on was brutal. I didn't think I was going to get on for a little while because I had blood work issues. There's, there was too much fucking, glu not gluten, uh, glucose in one of my my glucose level was elevated on my blood work. And I thought that wasn't, I wasn't going to get the fucking job because of that. So I missed the class. So now I'm sweating. Now I'm stressed that I'm not going to get on the fire department. Everything I've ever wanted in life <clears throat> was the fire department. And now I think I'm not going to get on the fire department. Get through that. Get all that squared away. Get sworn in. Finally, in proby school. Now it's, I'm here. Now I got to keep this job. Now I got to do the right thing. And now the stress is on me to become the best that I can be in proby school. Be the best proby that I can be. Be the best fireman that I can be. I don't want to fuck up. I don't want to fucking mess things up. I don't want to be late. Getting to proby school every day was a process because we weren't in dorms. Everybody in, in proby school lives in the city or around the city. And you got to get there every morning by, we had to get there fucking six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. I don't know. So I'm leaving my house at four o'clock, five o'clock, picking up guys, we're carpooling. I didn't want to fuck all this up. So that's stress. But anyway, before I get into proby school, a friend of mine from the park police was in the class before me. And he said to me, bro, they're going to want you to be a squad leader because of your military and law enforcement background. He goes, you do not want to be a squad leader. <laughs> he goes, they fuck with those guys. They make examples out of them. They make you a squad leader and then they'll fire you just to make an example to show them that they're serious and this job is serious. And I was like, all right, dude, you know, whatever. I'll take your advice. You're, you were there before me. I don't want to fuck this up. So I'm remembering this. So day one, they have all the guys that are lined up, all the guys with military and law enforcement experience lined up in a room, separated from the rest of the, the class. Probably like 40 of us, maybe, 40 guys that had military and law enforcement, maybe more, a couple more. They line up, the drill instructors are yelling at us, like the Marine drill instructor is, it was pretty funny. But I'm nervous, I'm terrified that this is going on, I'm becoming a fireman, I have, to, I have to do the right thing. But I got this thing in, my, in the back of my head, don't, you don't wanna be a squad leader, you wanna be anonymous in the fire academy. All-star is great, but you wanna be anonymous, just get through it, you certainly don't wanna be an asshole, that's the three A's in Proby School. All-star, anonymous, and assholes. I wanted to remain anonymous. Anyway, they're yelling at us and, he's, and the drill instructor says, any of you motherfuckers don't want to step up and be a squad leader, step forward right now. 
So I look to my left, I look to my right, and I got this in the back of my head, and I go to take a step forward, and I go, yeah, you know what? Let me fucking, let me step back and keep my mouth shut. And just, they're not going to pick me anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking little shrimp dude who, very unassuming, they're not going to pick me. So I just step back anyway, and one dude steps forward. And they fucking annihilated this guy. This piece of shit, he's not a step-up guy. This job's all about stepping up. This job's all about taking fucking initiative and doing the right thing and being there for your brothers. And look at this guy. This guy doesn't want to fucking do it. And they berated this guy the entire probie school. They remembered him for not stepping up in day one to be a squad leader. He wasn't a squad leader, but they destroyed him. They reminded us and him every day that he was a piece of shit. So thank God I didn't step forward. I have never even talked to my, I don't even think I talked to my buddy about this. If he was fucking with me or if he was legitimately like, dude, you don't, you don't want to be a squad leader. Anyway, they picked me to be a squad leader. Can you believe it? <laughs> So now I'm, I got this extra stress. A squad leader is like the go-between. You have a squad of like 25 guys. We had one girl on our squad. There were four girls in my academy, one in my squad. You're the go-between. You're their leader, right? You got to teach them how to march and salute and stand at attention. And you take roll call and you take care of their paperwork and this and that. And, they hit, and then you are the go-between, the drill instructor and you. If that squad fucks up, it's on you. You're their leader, period, the end. And I'm, I was cool with that. So we had a really good squad. We had some great guys. But we all fuck up on occasion. I fucked up big time. So I'm dealing with that stress. I'm thinking that they're going to make an example out of me somehow or another. And sure enough, by my own doing, test number two, they were, they were written tests every week in the fire academy. Test number two, Test number one, I aced it. I, like, I got 100. I was like, I'm the fucking smartest guy in the world. I'm the best squad leader. I was getting confident. I was getting a little cocky. I was, we were marching. Everything was great. I had the military thing going on, and, and we, were, we were solid. And then I fucked up test number two. I didn't fail it, but I got a really low score. Like, a, say 65 was passing. I got like a 66. They pulled me into a room with a, a couple other guys who... Not a couple, quite a few, who fucked up test number two and destroyed me. You're a squad leader. You're supposed to be an example for these guys. You got your military. You got your law enforcement. You were an air marshal. You were this. You were that. And you can't even take a fucking test. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I, I didn't know what to say. I, I, had my, I didn't deserve to be a squad leader after that. I didn't deserve to lead men after that. That's how I felt. That's how they made me feel. I didn't know what to do. I thought for sure that they were going to make an example because they they made examples out of other guys. They fired a couple squad leaders. They, they rearranged some some dudes and made example out of those guys. And it stood with them all of probie school. But for some reason, they didn't with me. They left me as a squad leader. They left me in charge of these guys. And after that, I was on point. I didn't fuck up again. Well. There was another fuck up, but that was not my doing. Anyway, <clears throat> I felt like shit. And I just wanted to be the best. And from that day on, we were, the, we were tight. 
We fucking did all the evolutions right. It was, it was okay after that. Proby school wasn't, not that it was, wasn't hard. It, it it was difficult to learn all the shit to get there. It was tedious and being there, but it wasn't like fucking, it wasn't like like a hell week. You know, some people had trouble with evolutions and and the physical part of it. Yeah, but I was that that wasn't a problem for me. I was in shape. I was doing all the evolutions right. But yeah, you're learning. Some guys had trouble, but it, again, it wasn't where it was life. Like people were quitting or dropping like flies. We lost, we lost probably forty something guys the first week, which is, which is about average of a, of a three hundred and something person class. We lost about forty people who went back to PD or their own lives, or they got dropped for something stupid. But for the most part, after that first week, everybody survives. Everybody makes it. Yeah, you might drop one or two more other guys. They get rolled or whatever. Some guys got deployed. Some guys broke their leg, whatever. But for the most part, after that first week, nobody really quits. There might be one or two, but after that first week, you're, you're, you're pretty much good to go. As long as you keep showing up, as long as you keep doing the right thing and working hard, you're not going to get, you're not going to quit. You're not, it's not like that. It's an academy. They're, they're there to train you and make you a fireman and change your life. It's a lifestyle change. And you have to get used to that. Some people couldn't get used to that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. So, but in the academy, I'm learning learning how to be a fireman. I'm finding my tribe. I'm building bonds, building relationships, getting tighter with my squad and my guys. Every Friday, we'd go out for beers. And we just got closer and closer and closer. And I'm still friends with some of those guys to this day. But... Proby school was, was great, but it was very, very stressful for me mentally. Physically, it wasn't bad. Mentally, it was because I didn't want to fuck up and I didn't want to lose this job. It was my dream and I didn't want to fuck up my dream. So that messed with me a lot. But we made it through. There's, I, I did have one incident where I doubted myself. They have one evolution called... Motivation Alley. It's a fully charged two and a half inch hose line hooked up to a fire engine. And you have to push that hose line, charged hose line, operate it down an alley outside in perfect conditions, clear, no fire, no smoke, no heat. You're only in your bunker gear. You're not in, I don't even think we were in a mask. And you got to push this heavy ass two and a half inch hose down the street and operate it. Simple enough, right? They give you four guys. There's four positions on an engine. Well, on the back step of an engine, or well, they used to be, nozzle man, backup man, doorman in control. And you have four guys on the line. And that's how we started. I started at the back of the line on control. And then you push the hose down 50 feet and you switch and you move up on the line. And the front guy goes to the back and so on and so on. But what they don't tell you is they've jacked up the pressure on that hose line to fucking maximum overcapacity where it is nearly impossible to operate by yourself. It's pushing you around. It's heavy. It's, it's hard enough as it is at proper pressures. But when they jack up the pressure way beyond what it's supposed to be, they're testing your limits. They're testing what you have. They're testing your heart. They're testing your balls. They're testing your gut. So, and it's exhausting. 
physically and mentally exhausted. Now you have to understand something. I'm on the last, I'm the last guy. We push that hose line down and you're already shot. Then we switch and you got to push it down again. Now we're all shot even more. And then the third time, and now guys have nothing left. Now it's my turn. I was the last one on the line. Now I get to the nozzle. I got three guys behind me who were pretty much fucking useless at this point. I'm pretty much useless at this point. I'm giving it everything that I have. And I have to push this hose line down 50 fucking feet with guys who have nothing left. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. It was exhausting. They stepped up and did what they could, but we were exhausted. I felt like I had no one behind me, but I pushed it. I got it done. I passed the finish line. I shut it down and I collapsed. And all I thought was, if this is what it's like in the real world, in a real fire, I don't know if I have what it takes. I seriously doubted myself in Motivation Alley. But that's why it's called Motivation Alley. Is seeing if you're motivated enough to do this. So I went the weekend thinking, I don't think I could be a fireman. I don't know if I have what it takes. I was exhausted. I don't know if I, if I can go into a fire and keep people safe and put the fire out. I seriously doubted myself. So that fucked with me for, for a little while. But then you come, but like I said, then you come to find out that they jacked, that the instructors jacked up the pressure so much where it's nearly impossible to operate. They, they get it right to that edge of possibility to operate that fucking hose line. If you have any less strength or any less fucking heart or balls, you would let that thing fly. It would, and it would be gone. And they, if you drop that and you can't push that thing, then maybe you should find a different line of work. That was a almost breaking point for me in proby school. So, but you hear a lot of stories like that from Motivation Alley. But everybody makes it through. You know, a couple guys might not, but for the most part, everybody does. So anyway, that's my story. That's the timeline up to now. I'm in proby school, go to Motivation Alley, getting ready to graduate, getting ready to get assigned to a firehouse. I'm all excited. I'm salty. We're salty. We're ready to get out there and fucking eat fire, right? This academy class is ready to get out there and eat fire. So in the next episode, we will talk about me getting assigned to a firehouse and beyond getting transferred to a firehouse, which turned out to be one of my biggest fuck-ups in my career. All right? So like I always say, it must be true if you heard it at the kitchen table. I'll see you at the big one.